When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome back to the Silver Fortune Podcast. So today, I'm recording this here on Wednesday, uh, January 20th, Inauguration Day. uh, A day that, that, well, is a day of change, of transition. Um, And and I think that's what a lot of people like to focus on. And and this certainly does seem like, compared to past Inauguration Days, uh, a starker contrast. Right? Say what you will about Trump. And I don't want to make this podcast today about politics. Uh, he was unconventional, un- unconventional. He was, uh, unique. He, um, did things very differently from, from a lot of other, uh, presidents. And, and, you know, that can be a good or a bad thing, depending on your views on it, or it can be both. Uh, however, there, there is a stark contrast, contrast between him and Biden, um, and, and on this inauguration day, rather than focusing on that change, you know, the last four years have been interesting to say the least. Rather than focusing on that change, though, from these last four years, I want to talk today about what's not changing. You know, Trump in his his departing you know remarks before he stepped onto Air Force One, uh, he he talked about basically the the wonderful economy that he's leaving to to Joe Biden. This wonderful economy. Um, that, that, you know, he says Biden will be successful with if he doesn't change a thing. Now, of course, uh, the two are, are, are fairly different in their approaches to this. Uh, the two parties are, and, and obviously things are going to be changed. In fact, you know, as soon as Biden is taken office, you know, we're seeing some various, you know, executive orders being rolled out regarding things like the border wall, Keystone XL pipeline, um, immigration, citizenship, et cetera. Uh, and, and, those things, you know, may seem like more social issues or, or environmental issues, but, but believe me, um, they, they are economic in nature and, and they show a, a different philosophy between these two presidents, right? Um, and so obviously, even if you do believe that the economy, the economy is in, in a good spot right now, it's, things are going to change, right? And, and, and things won't work out well for, for Joe Biden because what, what isn't, changing, you know, despite the change in policies, despite the change in Congress and in the Oval Office, Biden is inheriting many of the same problems that Trump himself inherited. Uh, first of all, they're inheriting a, a debt problem that has yet to be dealt with, um, but also a debt debt problem that we have not seen kind of the full reckoning of. The national debt, of course, is what people like to focus on currently stands north of 27 trillion dollars um, putting you know Trump's four years in office um, at a deficit of about roughly you know seven eight trillion dollars um, comparable to, to actually slightly less but but close to what what Obama racked up in his eight years in office um, and 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 that's a big part of what's not changing is the trajectory of debt and and believe me when i say that this is not just a case for the us national debt it's also the case for consumer debt corporate debt here in the united states and sovereign corporate and consumer debt for for most you know first world 
um, economies. It's a tra trajectory that hasn't changed. You know, when Trump took office, I remember making a simple prediction back then that that Trump, if he were to to spend eight years in office like his predecessor and like George Bush, he would do something similar to them, and that is essentially double the deficit. George Bush doubled the deficit in his eight years. Obama essentially did the same. You know, it may have been something like a a ninety percent increase, uh, ninety five. You know, close to one hundred percent, but essentially, you know, rounding up to to doubling the debt. And, and that if Trump were to spend eight years in office, he would do the same. Um, I do think that we will end up with that doubling of the debt by the time Biden is done with his first term, you know, if he fills his first for first term, you know, or, or, you know, maybe we could be talking about President Harris at that point, uh, in, in 2024. Uh, but I do think it will be doubled over that eight year period or, or something close to that. You know, some would say that the, the deficit in 2020, um, spiked so dramatically, largely because of the COVID recession. But, but we have to be careful to remember that though it was a, is a unique recession, I don't think we're out of it. Um, though it is unique, it was something that the U.S. economy is well overdue for. And whether it was because of that or some other blow up within our economy or the global economy, we still likely would have seen very similar responses by the Federal Reserve in terms of, of money printing, debt monetization, management of, of yields and, and the repo markets, we would have seen a similar response from the U.S. government in terms of fiscal spending, stimulus spending, stimulus checks. Um, and, and you know, a lot of that is still not actually finished yet. I mean, we're, we're far from finished with stimulus spending regard uh, in relation to the, the current recession with with Biden planning on, you know, implementing $1.9 trillion stimulus plan shortly after taking office. We would have seen a very similar outcome regardless if it was a pandemic or a, a, a debt-based crash or a geopolitical base, whatever it would have, it would have happened eventually. Maybe it would have happened in 2021, 2022, right? It would have happened eventually though. And we would have seen a similar response and we would have seen a similar um, um, uptick in, in the national debt, right? And, and I think the same is true. Well, well, first of all, before I go forward, I also want to remind you that prior to the, you know, a year ago, let's say a year ago, prior to the COVID related recession, the debt was already increasing. The debt under what was supposed to be a strong economy, an expansionary economy, an economy that was, you know, roughly 10 years removed from the last recession, we were still racking up deficits north of a trillion dollars a year, right? Um, north of, of five, you know, or, or 4% of, of GDP a year and what was supposed to be a good economy, right? That is not Keynes, you know, Keynesianism gets a, a lot of flack and, and I think rightfully so. Um, but, but the whole idea behind Keynesianism is, is that during a, you know, an economic boom, we, we reduce deficits or pay off debt. And, and during a recession, you know, we take on debt to, to soften that recession. Um, and, and what we have right now is, is, I don't even know if I'd call it Keynesianism on steroids or, or some sort of post Keynesianism, uh, neo Keynesianism, maybe is what I've seen thrown around where we spend a lot during, um, or we take on a lot of debt during expansions and we take on even more during recessions, right? That's been the case really for the last 15 or 20 years. Uh, and so we were already racking up a lot of debt before the recession. Um, and, and I think it's going to be a similar story. You know, th this is something that is not changing as Joe Biden inherits this office. And as we get a new Congress and everything, 
the deck picture is not really changing. We're, we're still on pace to, you know, rack up, I don't know, 2021, you know, if you're looking at the calendar year, we could be looking at a deficit north of $4 trillion. I mean, you look at the $1.9 trillion stimulus package, and then you look at, um, you know, the, the existing deficit, if the economy was where it was prior to the recession, you know, we're already talking about a one point three, maybe one point five, one to one point five trillion dollar deficit, you know. So already we're talking three point five. And then you factor in the fact that the economy is not the size that it was you know, prior to this recession at the beginning of 2020. Um, and it's unlikely to reach highly unlikely to reach that level during this year. We're we're talking about a deficit of four, five trillion dollars, maybe more, depending on how much spending we end up doing and and how poorly the economy performs. So do you see what I mean? That that if you're looking over a four-year time span, when we're sitting here January 20th, uh, 2024, or sorry, 2025, um, with, with you know, you know the, the end of, of Biden's first term, or maybe only term, or Harris, or whatever, um, we could be looking at a very similar debt picture, a very similar expansion of this debt following almost like an exponential growth pattern, which we're all well um, f- very familiar with, right? With with the last year of the pandemic and exponential growth, as well as you know, compounding interest in the finance community, we could be looking at a very similar picture four years from now. I think we will be, and that's why I think that you know, if if we're at twenty seven trillion, you might ask yourself, how can Biden manage to rack up, you know, let's say eleven, twelve, thirteen trillion dollars in four years? Well, consider that in his first calendar year, let's say he's president for basically the entirety of twenty twenty one. He's going to make it almost halfway there, five trillion, four trillion, somewhere in that ballpark or more. He's got three years basically to fill in the rest of that gap, and I think that is going to be no problem because, you know, the the odds of us experiencing another um, recession is, is going to be likely. Uh, we know that Democrats are somewhat more likely to spend money and disregard deficits. Um, I think modern monetary theory is going to become more and more mainstream. Um, I think it would have regardless. Um, but I think it's going to become more and more in it, maybe at a faster pace, um, given some of the people that, that Biden has, has chosen within his, um, uh, um, his team. Um, you know, it, and then this is, you know, Janet Yellen, uh, who's, who's likely to be confirmed as the next, uh, treasury secretary. Um, obviously the former fed chair, um, presided over, uh, you know, multiple years of basically 0% interest rate policy, um, quantitative easing, uh, relatively dovish, even though, you know, I think the, the, the whole spectrum of dovish versus hawkishness, hawkishness has been shifted towards dovishness, much like the political spectrum here. And I think the United States has been shifted towards the left as well. Um, she was a very dovish, she was a very dovish, um, fed, uh, chair. And, and I think, we're, we're going to see a similar, similar response. Um, now that she's the head of the, the treasury, it, it, lots of stimulus. I mean, you're going to see no pushback from her, I think, in terms of stimulus spending. And, and though she may never actually concede to modern monetary theory, and even though in her recent, um, um, hearing or her recent, uh, um, as she was on at Congress the other day, basically testifying or answering questions, uh, before her uh, appointment, uh, she said so herself, you know, she, she basically talked about, she, she was talking about debt, but not in a way that would suggest she's on board with modern monetary theory. 
more of this Keynesian approach that we really need to spend, spend, spend to help our ailing economy. And so she may never actually, much like with Jerome Powell, may never fully, you know, move towards this modern monetary theory. Um, but in practice, I think that's what we already have seen. And I think it's going to be what we will see over the next four years. And so obviously, this is all abstract unless you apply it to, to your own personal life and we where you see the U.S. heading over the next four years. When we understand that these things are not going to change, but that they're going to likely continue on their current trajectory um, despite the change in, in leadership. The debt picture and, and monetary policy and fiscal policy is going to continue on its current trajectory. Ask yourself, how does that affect your own investments, your own finance, your own job, the own, you know, your sector that you work in? And ask yourself, you know, with with tensions being what they are in, in, in U.S. political discourse as, as we you know begin this new administration, ask yourself, how much is that going to change over the next um, four years as these problems compound? I, I don't want to blame everything uh, that has changed in the last four or eight or 12 years in terms of political discourse here in the United States and the economy and debt and monetary policy and fiscal policy. I think that's a little bit too... That's giving the Fed and, and the Treasury and the U.S. government a little too much credit, but it is part of it, right? And, 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 you know, one of the major prerequisites for, for really widespread civil unrest or, or war, civil war or anything like that is an alien economy. And as we move further in that direction towards increased stagnation, um, um, and, and really not a return to what people consider the norm, you know, pre-COVID, uh, you're going to see those same problems being exacerbated by things like, like unemployment, by rising debt, by, by, um, you know, the increase in zombie corporations, falling yields, uh, which of course uh, affect things like retirement, those that are already retirees or nearing retirement. Um, it, the American dream is, is fading because of all this. And you better believe that that's going to cause changes in, in terms of our, you know, political discourse and our civil society. That's how it affects you. Right. And that's how it affects our society. Um, that's how it affects your investment picture going forward as well. So as always, I'd like to thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in to today's podcast and God bless.